Hello and welcome to episode 598 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. It is my pleasure to be with you this evening. My name is Terrence M. Stanton. We are recording on Friday, July 21st, 2023, in the year of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us begin with the Friday prayer to the Most Blessed Virgin Mary to obtain love towards her and Jesus Christ. O Mary, I already know that thou art the most noble, the most sublime, the most pure, the most beautiful, the most benign, the most holy. In a word, the most amiable of all creatures. O that all knew thee, my lady, and loved thee as thou dost merit. But I am consoled when I remember that in heaven and on earth there are so many happy souls who live enamored of thy goodness and beauty. Above all, I rejoice that God himself loves thee alone more than he loves all men and angels together. My most amiable queen, I, a miserable sinner, love thee also, but I love thee too little. I desire a greater and more tender love towards thee, and this thou must obtain for me, since to love thee is a great mark of predestination and a grace which God only grants to those whom he will save. I see also, my mother, that I am indeed under great obligations to thy son. I see that he merits infinite love. Thou who desirest nothing else but to see him love hast to obtain me this grace above all others. Obtain me great love for Jesus Christ. Thou obtainest all that thou willest from God. Ah, then be graciously pleased to obtain me the grace to be so united to the divine will that I may never more be separated from it. I do not ask of thee earthly goods, honors, or riches. I ask thee for that which thy heart desires most for me. I wish to love my God. Is it possible that thou refusest to second this my desire, which is so pleasing to thee? Ah, no, thou already helpest me. Already thou prayest for me. Pray, pray, and cease not to pray until thou seest me safe in heaven. Beyond the possibility of evermore losing my Lord and certain to love him forever together with thee, my dearest mother. And today, friends, we're going to look at an article from the Fatima Center, located at Fatima.org, entitled, Should Civil Society Outlaw Sin? And it was penned by Mr. Matthew Pleasy, continuing a trend here on the Our Lady of Fatima podcast of Catholic apologists with cool last names. Yesterday, we had Eric Sammons. Today, we have Matthew Pleasy. Begins with a quote from St. Thomas More that says, I am the king's faithful servant, but God's first. It's very important to remember, um, not just for Catholic politicians or those involved in government, but for all of us. If we're putting worldly affairs, worldly honors on the same plane with or even above things of the spirit, then we're getting our priorities out of order. Your identity is in Jesus Christ. There's a lot of talk today about identity, is there? And I identify as this, I identify as that. Well, what is reality? That's the only thing that matters in regards to your identity. And your identity at your core is that you are a child of God. And if you are baptized, validly, you are a Christian. So our identity as a Catholic 
is being a loyal disciple of Jesus Christ. And the reason why we have value, the only objective reason, as the Catholic apologist John Martinoni has pointed out on more than one occasion, the only objective reason why we as human beings have value is because we're loved by God. You don't have value as a human being based on how much money you make or where you live or whether or not you're married or what kind of car you drive. None of that. Your value is that you're a child of God and you're objectively loved by him more than you can possibly imagine. The decriminalization of sin, Mr. Pleasy begins here by saying, until the mid-20th century, most U.S. states, especially southern and northeastern states, had laws against fornication, adultery, cohabitation, and other grievous sins. These laws have gradually been abolished or struck down by courts as unconstitutional. As of 2023, adultery is a criminal offense in 15 states and the Commonwealth of Puerto Rico. In the past decade, states like Minnesota, Idaho, Utah, Massachusetts, Colorado, and West Virginia decriminalized adultery. Yet even in states where it is still a felony or a misdemeanor, convictions are rare. Can any of our readers provide a date for the last time a U.S. court convicted someone of adultery? If so, please make note in the comments section below. The legality and availability of contraception changed after the often undiscussed Supreme Court decision of Griswold versus Connecticut in 1965. This infamous case led to the legalization of contraception in all 50 states by asserting an alleged right to privacy in the U.S. Constitution. The same mindset would lead to the disastrous moral legitimization and popularization of abortion by Roe versus Wade in 1973. And if I can jump in here for a moment, you hear a lot of Catholics talking about abortion, but not nearly enough talking about contraception. Okay, the biggest issue of the 20th century and now the 21st century is not abortion as important as it is, it's contraception. Because contraception and the widespread acceptance of the birth control pill of the 1960s led to all these other evils, like abortion. And contraception in and of itself is intrinsically evil. It tears the fabric of marriage and the one flesh union between husband and wife apart. More on this in a couple of days as we begin our series pertaining to natural family planning and natural family planning international. Mr. Pleasy says the same can be seen with divorce as well. An attack to the bedrock of society and a direct attack to our Lord's own teaching that the sacrament of matrimony is indissoluble. While laws varied widely from state to state, the end result concerning divorce is the same. For instance, New York, until 1967, and this is, you know, a while ago, but not ancient history. My parents graduated from high school in 1967. New York had particularly strict divorce laws compared to other states. Divorce was only granted on fault-based grounds. 
such as adultery or cruelty, and requiring a lengthy separation period. New York was the last state to adopt no-fault divorce laws, allowing couples to divorce without proving fault. South Carolina. Prior to 1949, again, a big year for me. My mom and dad were both born in 1949. South Carolina did not allow divorce under any circumstances, making it one of the last states to legalize divorce. Massachusetts. Divorce was illegal in Massachusetts until 1887 when the state passed a law allowing for divorce on limited grounds, such as adultery or desertion. Why this matters. A quote from St. Philip Neri is included here. The stench of impurity before God and the angels is so great that no stench in the world can equal it. For someone who truly understands the gravity of sin and its eternal consequence, there can be no disagreement that civil society has a responsibility to outlaw sins, especially those that cry to heaven for vengeance. A government's primary duty is to promote the common good. This term is grossly misunderstood. It does not refer to that which materially benefits the greatest number of people. Rather, first and foremost, the common good is the good which benefits all citizens. These are spiritual goods such as truth, right, order, unity, and the worship of God, which are not decreased as more people participate in them, but rather increase in goodness for all as more and more people have access to them. Only secondarily is the common good concerned with material benefits which by their very nature can only be used by some and not others. For example, food, money, and land. Therefore, a government has the right and responsibility to all, which impairs or destroys the common good of its people. Moreover, a government has the responsibility to protect their citizens from harm, from external nations, and from threats within. And there is no greater threat than sin. It can destroy sanctifying grace in the soul and damn a soul for all eternity. The collective weight of all of a society's sins undoubtedly further builds up to incur the wrath of God, which has been seen many times even since the infamous days of Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, I wish Mr. Pleasy would run for governor of whatever state he's in or a Congress or something. You can't run for president in the United States because they'll just steal it from you if you're not a Democrat. But imagine a, a politician talking like this. This is the way that politicians need to talk. I'm living in the USA. Our politicians don't look out for the citizens like this. Can you imagine a politician today saying that there is no greater threat than sin? But it's absolutely right. Sin never helps, as the great Catholic apologist Dr. Ralph Martin says. But we have a society that not only condones sin, but celebrates it. What do you think pride parades are, friends? Pride is one of the seven deadly sins. And if you look at the readings of moral theologians, probably the worst, because pride leads to all other sins. It was pride that led the rebellious angels to fall. The thought that they could be like God without the grace of God 
We're all called to be like God. But the angels thought they could do it without God's grace. And because they have intellects which are so vastly superior to ours in that instant when they made that choice, we have the name of Michael, St. Michael the Archangel, Mikael, who is like God. When they tried to put themselves on par with God or in place with God and rejected the Lord's grace, they made a permanent decision and a permanent decision for evil. So when you see things like pride parades, it should make your skin crawl, not only from the debauchery that's taking place, but that this is an imitation, not of the Lord, not of the pure goodness and righteousness of God, but this is an imitation of the demons. I will not serve. I will not serve the Lord. I will serve myself. That's what the demons say. And that's the message of these pride parades. And that's the message of any culture that rejects God. It ends up murdering babies. It ends up not being able to tell the difference between a man and a woman. Truly grave, truly grave indeed. Mr. Pleasy continues by saying, as such, Adultery, extramarital sex, abortion, contraception, and pornography need to be illegal. Amen, Mr. Pleasy. Preach it. While it is unlikely that our world, without the direct intervention of Our Lady and Our Lord in a truly miraculous manner, would ever outlaw these sins totally, we can and should work to do what we can to make these sins harder and harder to perform, he actually said, our, our Lord and Our Lady. I reversed it, but needless to say, without the our, our Lord Jesus Christ and the Blessed Mother intervening along with St. Joseph and all the angel, other angels and saints, we're done for. The good news is they are intervening all the time, but we need to respond to their grace. We can and should work to do what we can to make these sins harder and harder to perform. And um, if you think Mr. Pleasy is uh, kind of going off the rails here or being too extreme, just remember, you know, several hundred years ago, uh, there was a time when adultery was punished by hanging and sodomy was published by punished by burning at the stake. Thomas Jefferson uh, believed that the sin of sodomy should be punished by capital punishment. As a result... Attempts to regulate pornography by requiring age verification and heartbeat laws, which outlaw the murder of unborn children only after the detection of a heartbeat, are steps in the right direction. They are not the end goal, but should nevertheless be supported as improvements to make sin harder and harder to perform. Amen to that. I've said amen a bunch of times, but I'll continue to say amen to what Mr. Pleasy is saying here, we need to live in a society where the government encourages virtue and discourages vice. We have it the absolute other way around. When I was growing up in the 80s, uh, there was that cartoon, the, the uh, Justice League of America, 
with you know, Superman and all the superheroes. And who are they fighting against? The Legion of Doom. And one of the characters was Bizarro. And he was the imitation, the knockoff, the fake Superman. Like Joe Biden's the fake president of the United States. And on the, the planet Bizarro, good was considered evil and evil was considered good. That's like how our planet is becoming. And it should not be that way. We need to get our priorities back in order and call sin what it is, evil. We need a society that encourages and celebrates virtue and gives a resounding no and punishes vicious behavior. The next section here says sins seriously attack society in addition to offending God. Let's take cohabitation as an example. It is not just against divine law. Cohabitation has statistically been shown to harm relationships in the long term. And if I can interject here, I remember Steve Wood citing a statistic one time. Steve Wood is a Catholic apologist, for those of you who don't know. <clears throat> really good guy. Check out dads.org for more information. I've read a few of his books as well. 80% is the number of couples who live in sin together before they get married. The divorce rate for those couples, 80%. Just think about that. You're tempted to live in sin with your boyfriend or girlfriend or know someone who is. Give them that, give them that example. Give them that statistic. 80% is the divorce rate for people who live in sin together before they're married. Mr. Pleasy says, this should not surprise us. Since we know God's law provides for a good and joyful life here on earth, despite the sufferings we are called to endure. And for all of eternity. According to a study by the Institute for Family Studies, 65% of Americans believe that living together before marriage will improve their odds of relationship success. Well, that is completely dopey. I can't believe that many people believe that. But maybe I shouldn't be uh, so incredulous. But actual statistics show this is not the case. On the contrary, those who started cohabiting before being engaged were more likely to experience marital dissolution than those who only did so after being engaged or already being married. Specifically, 34% of marriages ended among those who cohabited before being engaged, compared to 23% of marriages for those who lived together only after being either married or engaged to be married. Well, I heard the statistic was 80%. This was uh, several years back. In relative terms, the marriages of those who moved in together before being engaged were 48% more likely to end than the marriages of those who only cohabited after being engaged or already married. The source from Institute for Family Studies, What's the Plan 2023? The percentage of first births to cohabiting women tripled from 9% in 1985 to 27% for births from 2003 to 2010. This rise in first births to cohabiting women parallels increases in first births to unmarried women overall. Of first births from 2006 to 2010, 46% were to unmarried mothers compared with 38% in 2002. The source, National Center for Health Statistics, 
National Survey of Family Growth, 2006 to 2010. The next section is the family as the bedrock of society. The final confrontation between the Lord and Satan will be over family and marriage, Sister Lucia of Fatima. Our Lady of Good Success was the title the Blessed Virgin Mary identified herself as to Mother Mariana when she appeared to her beginning in 1594. Over the course of several decades, Our Lady revealed visions of the coming immorality of the 20th century, that faith and morals would be totally corrupted, that secular education would lead to a shortage of priests and religious, that sacraments would be ridiculed and the sacrament of extreme unction would be little used. Well, wasn't that the case in the 20th century, friends, especially after 1960 and now on into the 21st century? that women would dress without modesty and children would lose their innocence and that many priests would fail to uphold the sacredness of their office. Check, 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 unfortunately. Our Lady of Good Success said, as for the sacrament of matrimony, which symbolizes the union of Christ with his church, it will be attacked and profaned in the fullest sense of the word. Masonry, which will then be in power, will enact iniquitous laws with the objective of doing away with the sacrament, making it easy for everyone to live in sin, encouraging the procreation of illegitimate children born without the blessing of the church. The Christian spirit will rapidly decay, extinguishing the precious light of faith until it reaches the point that there will be an almost total and general corruption of customs. Well, we're, we're here, friends, in the year 2023. We've, we've been there for quite some time, unfortunately. Marriage is rapidly becoming temporary. The divorce rate among couples married in the United States is approaching 50%, and divorce is not limited to couples of non-Catholic belief. Although surveys encouragingly have shown that the divorce rate among Catholic couples is lower than average, that rate too is increasing. More couples today are living in non-traditional, quote, marriages, man and woman cohabiting, same-sex partners cohabiting. Indeed, the very concept of what it means to be married is being challenged at the highest federal levels in the United States and in other countries. We are living in these times as seen by the rise of immodest dress, the rise of Freemasonry, the onslaught of modernism on the faith since Vatican II, and in the collapse of truly Catholic nations like Mexico, Spain, and Italy. You can also throw in Ireland and France too. The next section is entitled, Civil Society Must Subject Itself to God's Reign. The United States was founded on the notion that the government derives its ability to govern from the consent of the people, directly contrary to the Lord and his church, which affirms that all authority comes from God. See Romans 13, 1. And governments traditionally obtain the ability to govern by divine right leading to the consecration and coronation of the monarch. The failures of America and the world as a whole, including formerly Catholic nations like Ireland, Spain, and Italy to prevent divorce, artificial contraception, and abortion, all stem from the rapid onset of modernism, which continues to obscure the truths of life, government, and God. The errors of the French Revolution and the so-called Enlightenment continue to pollute our minds, our schools, our institutions, and even our seminaries and priests. 
there is only one supreme law, and that is not the United States Constitution. It is not a document of the United States, the United Nations, or the European Union. It is also not the code of canon law. It is not a document published by the Vatican. The supreme law of the church is the salvation of souls. All of divine law and natural law, which no man can change or has the moral authority to disobey, serve that ultimate law. And that supreme law is what must be the cornerstone of all our efforts or else they will fail. As King David reminds us, all our efforts, if not based on the Lord's true law and true church, will fail. Unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Unless the Lord keep the city, he watcheth in vain that keepeth it. Psalm 126, verse 1. All Catholics must work for the salvation of souls with an ardent and generous spirit. This is not optional. This commitment must underscore our day-to-day lives. We must be missionaries to our families, our friends, and everyone we meet. Everyone must know that we are Catholics and our efforts at converting others by our example, our charity, and our unwavering commitment to the faith will be our tools to make abortion, contraception, so-called homosexual marriage, euthanasia, adultery, and divorce unthinkable. Prayer to St. Thomas More and St. John Fisher to remain steadfast in the faith against civil pressure. O God, who didst raise up from among the English people thy blessed martyrs John and Thomas, to be the zealous defenders of the true faith and of the primacy of the Roman Church, grant through their merits and prayers that by the practice of the same faith we may all become and remain united in Christ through our Lord. Amen. Friends, to echo the sentiment of the Catholic apologist, Mr. Patrick Madrid, the gifts of your life and the Catholic religion are the greatest gifts you will ever receive. So in order to live our lives to the fullest, we must be Catholic and we must be grateful every day of our lives for the life, the opportunity that we have been given by the Lord and for his holy Catholic religion that we've been blessed with and baptized into. If you're not not Catholic, come on in. Join the fold, my friends. Be baptized. Receive Holy Communion. Receive the Sacrament of Confirmation. And if you're away from the faith, come on back. Go to confession. Catholicism is the one true religion. You will never be truly happy in this life unless you are a practicing Catholic. And it's a teaching of the church that if you know Catholicism is true and you either refuse to remain Catholic or you refuse to convert, you cannot be saved. So the stakes are high. The stakes are huge. It's heaven or hell. You have to say yes to the gift of Catholicism. You have to say yes to our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord and his church cannot be separated. Protestantism is a heresy. The Orthodox churches are in schism. Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses are cult members. Islam is not true. Judaism is not true. Hinduism is not true. Buddhism is not true. 
Atheists are way off the mark. If you don't even acknowledge that God exists, you're way off in left field somewhere. But you need to come back too. You need to convert atheists. Study the writings of St. Thomas Aquinas. Study Edward Fazer, who wrote a book about entitled Five Proofs for the Existence of God and a, another book called The Last Superstition, A Refutation of the New Atheism. I read them both. Both. Everyone needs to come home to the Catholic Church. God wants you in his family. The Catholic Church is his family. May God richly bless each and every one of you. I love you, and Jesus loves you more than you can possibly imagine. He loved you enough to come to earth and to suffer miserably and die for your sins and to be raised so that you can be raised to heaven one day. But you have to repent and believe in the gospel. You have to have faith and be baptized. Let's mention at this point Helping Autism Through Learning and Outreach, available on the web at halo-soma.org. That's halo-soma.org. And please tune in and spread far and wide episodes 277 and 548. That's 277 and 548 of the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. The former features an interview by me. The latter features an interview, the gentleman from Ward on Fire, a Catholic evangelization group, with my wonderful sister and my equally wonderful niece pertaining to RPM, which is an acronym for Rapid Prompting Method, a system of communication for non-speakers. On Fridays from 4 to 5, I'm privileged to be a part of a class which my sister organizes for non-speakers also, those who uh, speak are involved. My uh, other wonderful niece is involved and she has uh, this typical, be- typical behavior. But one of my nieces communicates using a letter board. And before she had use of this letter board, we didn't know anything she was thinking. We had to guess. That's not right. Communication is a human right. And just as sign language was a revolutionary breakthrough for non-speakers, excuse me, so sign language as sign language was a revolutionary breakthrough for the deaf, so RPM, I misspoke, sorry about that. So RPM has been a revolutionary breakthrough for non-speakers. And I could go on, but you can think of other examples Braille being the ability to read for the blind and so forth. People who have special needs, we help them, right? Well, non-speakers have a special need in terms of being able to communicate. RPM is helping them. It's helped thousands of people. We pray it will help thousands more, but you can't use a tool unless you know about it. These folks and their families and friends, a lot of them still don't know about RPM. So spread that website, spread those episodes of Our Lady's podcast, And I will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks so much for listening. Goodbye and God love you.